Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for episode number 23 of 24 episodes in season one of 24, <laughs> the penultimate episode of the inaugural season, hour 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. Oh, it was almost 24 hours ago that Jack and Kim were getting ready for bed, and this week, Sherry's getting ready for bed. <laughs> Only one person is anxious to sleep after being up for 48 hours sleep. And it's uh, Victor Drazen because he's still tired. <laughs> Victor Drazen's very exhausted. He needs a nap. Quiet um, while my father sleeps. <laughs> but, I mean, this is where it gets really exciting. We mentioned last week, I, mean, I mentioned that I feel like this is essentially a two-part finale. Uh, there's so much going on here that I don't even know where to start. Let me just start then by saying, my name is Colin, but that little girl, the poor little girl. And my name is Ben, and I'm attracted to you, Colin. I've, I always have been. <laughs> you know, I, I was hearing about uh, somebody <laughs> off air. I didn't realize that you were speaking of me. <laughs> yes, yes, he was code for you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, uh, we've been yeah, wow. plugging awkward silence wow. after that. Wow, yeah, like we're off to a great right. start. <laughs> hey, hey that, been... that that patio over there, she's all right. Would you would yeah, you like that... a bit of a go at her? You know, you know that call in there. Yeah, he's... yeah, the call. I, I, I hear he's had sex at least twice. <laughs> he, I hear I, he's I watched he... porn at least once. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. It's none of this is willing, but he knows what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag free Colin. <laughs> Uh, I, I do want to always put the disclaimer on here uh, to not ruin my character. When Ben mentions I've watched porn, uh, it was on a sister podcast uh, that he screen shared in the middle of an episode. So he's so ashamed. He's like, he's don't want to break character. Shame. It's like, it's like 40 year old virgin. He would have been the 40 year old, like porn virgin. Now I've just broken it. I'm like, I popped his chair. Oh, Ben, I was going to get to 50 without having him seen porn. You ruined it for me. Oh, come on. Uh, <laughs> it's just not fair. I haven't said that, though. Since I showed you porn, your sex jokes have been quite good. So, you know. And, <laughs> and I'm, still not game. Entire, I'm not even entirely sure what I saw in that video you shared. Do you want to see it again? I can pull it up for you no, right no, now. No, if you no, want that's to. all right. That's <laughs> all right. I can show you something different. <laughs> you not that a, I have porn. Who would have porn? Huge that's catalog disgusting. there. <laughs> it's alphabetical. Uh, release date. <laughs> director. Country of origin. Yeah, producer. Uh, Gender. <laughs> Sexuality. 
Uh, species? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Why are we going so awkward silence? God, to start the episode, Colin. Jesus Christ. This is a good episode. Right. We shouldn't be talking about porn. This episode is porn. <laughs> it might as well be. I mean, this is where it gets really exciting. Uh, you know, the, the last couple of weeks, uh, I think, it have been on an upward trend. We've been buying more than we've been binning, which is unusual for the second half of 24 season two. Uh, but I, I, I think that last week, was like, okay, we know where we're going. And this week is, this could have been a finale. You could have plugged a separate ending on here. You could have honestly ended this episode and just had a cliffhanger for the next season. I mean, this is as big as a finale gets. I mean, there's going to be very little that we can criticize in this episode, but we're going to try hard to criticize something anyways. Uh, Your thoughts. I mean, you watched this before what was it probably about a week and a half ago you told me yeah i just went ahead and finished the season i mean were you just that excited to get to the end that you couldn't you couldn't contain yourself basically because i think i said from basically the last uh you know the last six episodes of this season i just um i mean basically from as soon as we've discovered this underground facility i just i'm there i'm back as little 15 year old ben you know remembering just how excited i was from week to week and i liken this i think earlier on to um, you know, us old people who were back in the day of, of when Survivor first started and kind of, you know, we all remember, you know, Borneo and Australian Outback, sort of those first couple of seasons of being so excited to find out who wins. Like, I mean, yeah, Australian Outback, I think, is just one of the most excited I've ever been for ending of a TV show. But this was this was up there with it. So, yeah, I, I watched it. And I'm like, I've just got to keep going. I just I have to. Like, this is a show I know well, so I, I, I feel like I can rely on it well. But the thing I always forget about this episode is that, I mean, next week, like, you know, buckle yourselves up. We might be here for five hours just glowing about mm. how amazing it is. Um, but, like, I always forget how good this episode actually is too. Yeah. Like, it's you remember it for the end of the episode. Of course you do. And that will probably be what we talk about the most in this episode. But there's so much other good stuff around it. Like, I, I, this is, I think I said a couple of weeks ago that once Kim gets kidnapped, it's not like... Oh, she's in jail. Oh, she's in a drug house. Oh, Melanie's against. Like, mm. it's almost interesting Kim kidnap stuff. Yeah. Um, and and Terry, yeah, okay, she's just, where's Jack? Where's Jack? But I'm kind of so over it now that I'm just kind of used to Terry just asking where Jack is. And then knowing what happens next week, I'm kind of appreciating Terry for the time being. So, yeah, it's kind of, I don't really have anything bad in this episode. But even the Palmer drum, which is getting a bit ridiculous, has a massive twist, which I, I remember what like, I never saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, acting is on point this episode, uh, just, oh, like this episode is, is, I can almost think right now a top 10 episode of 24 of 190 odd episodes. Uh, I'm looking on IMDb. I'll spoil this right now. It's number 13. Uh, so I mean, nearly on the top 10. So to me, uh, you know, I would almost guarantee this will end up being a top 10 episode because we know next week will be, but this week mm. gets forgotten in the love for next week. So let's praise this week as well for being such an amazing episode of television. Yeah. And and honestly, it, it really is one story. I mean, th- there's nothing standalone here. It, it, it basically starts with, this is what the finale setup is going to be. You could have had this a single episode. Uh, I'm I'm still trying to find here whether or not these did air on separate. They did I know I, they 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 didn't because um okay yeah I think I looked that up last week and then I was trying to work out because I had a like a similar feeling to you. I thought they did in Australia, but then I remember no they didn't because 
again, I remember that week and I remember watching the finale. Like it was again, like survival, like no one disturbed me. Like, I mean, yeah, 15 year old Ben was super popular. Like, you know, the landline was buzzing every night for three way calls to speak to me. But like, it was like, no, like mom, my bedtime is, is 10 30 tonight, not nine 30. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm watching 24. I, I, I wore the pants in the Waterworth household as a kid. Apparently, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I did mention uh, right at the beginning of the season that at least here in Canada, we got the first two episodes as one. Uh, so I, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't that it was a week delayed airing in Canada, but we got to see episode two a week before anybody in the United States got to see episode two. But uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that this was just a single episode here in Canada as well. Although it's weird as much as I have vivid memories of watching this for the first time, it's so blurred for me now, 20 years later, whether I watched this live or whether I watched it when it came out on DVD, because I almost have a more vivid memory of rewatching the whole season when it was out on DVD during the summer. But that could be because uh, I, I remember I had seen this show and I remember my brother had not seen it. And it could have been the rewatch being able to watch it with somebody and having their reactions is kind of blurred in my mind. But uh, I mean, yeah, there's things, there's things in here that you will always remember seeing. Uh, It's just for me, I don't remember when I saw it or where I was. It's it's interesting that they did that in Canada because I, I I vaguely I was thinking that was this a thing that Twenty Four ever did this kind of double up of things and I was like I'm like because I, I remember season six that they released the I mean the only good episodes of season six of the first four episodes and I'm pretty sure that they were all released like sub- subsequently and I'm just mm-hmm. looking here that yeah from season four onwards the first four episodes were aired uh, over two nights so they had two mm-hmm. on the first night and then two on the second night and then they did it with the finale as well so. Um, for the first three seasons, they never doubled up. It was for a season four onwards thing. So, um, now, yeah, maybe I don't know if that's where you kind of think back that they did from season four yeah. onwards do double up of finales. And a lot of shows do that now. It's just become common. Oh, we got a, a finale. Let's air the two episodes on one night, do an extended thing. Uh, but uh, if if I'm right, was season four the first season where they decided they wanted to air this in January to avoid these two or three gaps here and there where let's start the season and we'll literally do 24 straight weeks. Yep. Yep. So yeah, season Mm -hmm. four was, um, and I think that, I don't know if that kind of comes into this thing we've mentioned a few times, how kind of it was almost in arcs, like the first three seasons kind of came to get close. So they sort of, because I remember the promotion around season four, you know, you had a bunch of new cast members. I think that was the first season we had a prequel from memory um and they did prequel for at least oh, I, I don't know if they did for all the seasons I, uh, they did it for at least three or four of them from this point on and they even did kind of like a uh, an epilogue as well so um mm. yeah season four kind of had a lot of extra stuff around it but yeah they, they began that in january um which uh i remember that too because it was like uh you know uh, i was like ah like you know because you had to wait like i think a little bit extra time or whatever it was at that point so um yeah, you did, because obviously it usually started in October. But, um, yeah, they had it all subsequently in the same year. But, uh, yeah. All right, well, let's get into this here. Let's start with the Palmer drama. As you mentioned, it is uh, the most questionable thing in this episode as we've kind of gotten into the last couple of weeks. Uh, I've mentioned, what, now three weeks in a row that I look back on this fondly, the whole Monica Lewinsky setup thing here, uh, because it made Sherry a villain. But maybe now because I'm not looking at Sherry a villain, also because I've sort of poked holes in. If the audience isn't clued in that this is what Sherry's doing from the beginning, and if we don't have a hint that David's playing this, it doesn't 
play nearly as well, but I don't, I don't know if you've really given your opinion at what you thought about this originally versus what you think about it now. I, I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't remember really what I thought about it originally. I think, you know, I don't know if I appreciated Sherry or love Sherry as much. I, I remember really starting to love Sherry on, on my rewatches. Cause I remember when I rewatched this with a friend of mine and she hated Sherry and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Sherry's amazing. Like, and I think that's when it kind of clicked. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, I can't really remember. I think I, I think I agree with you that it would have made sense to kind of clue it in there. But again, having said that, I don't know if the like the cliffhanger to this or that sorry the the plot twist would have been as effective if yeah. we knew that Palmer was involved in it. But um, yeah, I mean, look, I I think it's just they again as I said they needed something to really make Sherry evil. They needed something really to have the final nail in the coffin for these two. Um, although having said that, like you could have done something different because like, I mean, Sherry's going to kind of do something a little bit more sinister. I feel next week that, mm-hmm. you know, gets a reaction from Palmer that we don't ever see again. So, um, I don't know if you really ultimately need this when you've already got something that big about to happen. So I don't know. I just like the twist, the plot twist that we get when this happens in this episode, at least. Well, really, normally we would cover an entire story of a character or one of the sections, 24 Palmer, but it's impossible to do that this week. So we're just going to cover the first half of the Palmer drama because then it's going (laughs) to all tie into Jack. Uh, Basically, Patty, David, it's still a thing. (laughs) Uh, He's slipping her a key card. Uh, They're going to have a private meeting. Uh, Sherry and Patty meet up here and Patty's even saying like you know i'm really uncomfortable uh and sherry i think calls her out and says you're only uncomfortable because i'm okay with this mm. now i think that's one of the problems i'm talking about now re-watching this that it doesn't make sherry enough of a villain. if anything that makes her less of a villain if they really were determined that they wanted sherry to be the bad guy of the palmer family and really set her up as being you know somebody who's holding david back this should have been yeah, you know, I'm completely okay with this. You know, my marriage is a sham anyways. It's always been yeah. a sham. Uh, but Absolutely to have agree. her say, I am uncomfortable, but, you know, I'm I'm okay with it. But doesn't doesn't she say, she, no, she says that she's not okay with it because she snaps at her. Like, I yeah. think, are you saying Patty's saying that you're okay with it? And that's when Sherry snaps at her. Is that what you're Yeah, meaning? exactly. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yeah. But Sherry having discomfort with this makes sherry less of a villain like that they're going against this here and also let's look at it this way having patty be okay with this when sherry's sort of saying to her you know what you want to do this you're you're just uncomfortable because i know that also makes it worse because imagine how much more awful sherry would have been as a villain where where all the people who do think sherry is a villain would be justified in being right if patty didn't want to do this like listen patty if you want a career you will go bang my husband right now. <laughs> plow him good. <laughs> plow, plow, but, plow like your mother. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Plow, that's your name. Your name again is Mrs. Plow. <laughs> Got a jacket on and everything. <laughs> but like, this is something that Patty wants to do. Sherry's going along with it, but it, she's not comfortable with it. She's not okay with it. It's just something she feels like she has to do. Right now, the only person we are viewing as a villain going into these next scenes is David. Yeah. And that's wrong. Because it's 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 the way he's like, the way she's like, oh, you know, I've always had a thing for you. And it gives the key card, meet me in 20 minutes. Like, again, mm-hmm. I get the setup. The payoff is great. But it's, it is. Like, you're just like, 
this guy's a sleazy bastard, like oh, mm-hmm. typical Democrat sleeping with a <laughs> yeah. uh, an intern, you know? Like, And again, like, <laughs> I feel sorry for Patty. Like, yeah. I mean. Oh, I'm going to feel lawsuit, really sorry for her in a few minutes. Lawsuits galore. Like, I do like, again, I'm jumping ahead, but I like Palmer's reaction. Like, no would have been the correct answer. But like, I mean, you know, pressure. This is this is what we're getting 20 years later from all these situations where all these women and, and some men aren't coming forward with these allegations, right? Because they mm-hmm. felt pressured. Like they couldn't, felt like at the time they couldn't do it. And so now they're coming forward now. So if Patty doesn't come forward back then, she's coming forward now. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, Palmer's oh, presidency yeah. is in disarray. Really, that's how this all wraps up here is Palmer meets with her. And first of all, I will say there's a, he does take a phone call from Jack in the meantime, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when he goes up to meet with Patty, she says something like, uh, how much time do we have? He goes, don't you worry your pretty little head about that. <laughs> now Undressed. he's entrapping her too. Like let's also <laughs> mention he's entrapping as well. Yeah. Uh, but it would have been great if he just said, you've got approximately 15 minutes till Jack gets here. Oh, is he joining in as well? The more the merrier. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> but really what this comes down to is he says, Patty, come here. You're fired. Like, <laughs> he does this so arrogantly, I just don't like him. Um, and, and I had the same reaction that you, you've been alluding towards here. She's suing them. Like, and mm. she is going to create, forget about Keith. Forget <laughs> about all the other, Kos- uh, not Kosovo, um, uh, what is it? Uh, Serbia. Serbia. Yeah, forget about all this stuff. The biggest scandal that's going to hit the Palmer camp is going to be fired intern who was pressured into sleeping with husband and husband, former or future presidential candidate, future president, uh, played along with this, entrapped her, and then fired her and humiliated her on the spot. This is going to be bigger than Monica Lewinsky. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be almost Watergate size scandal. Yeah, this is an illegal firing. Like, <laughs> there is no way this is okay. You could have written this scene with him being like, "You," he still could have done that. You could have said no, you know, because he's Palmer and he's moral and all that. Uh, and then said, "You know what? I'm going to make sure you're taken care of, but you're out of here because I don't trust you." But I will make sure to get. No, he just says you're fired. You're out of the job right now. Get out. And particularly with what will happen next week with Sherry, even more of a case of a lawsuit because I can't really go into it without spoiling next week. But it's it's yeah, like absolutely. One thing I'll say though, like I mean, just again, I remember this scene not having a clue that this was about to happen. And what I absolutely love about how this all plays out is we've talked about the theme and Sean Callery's score, and sometimes they seem to use it a lot you know, a little bit mm. too much sometimes. Here it's dead silence. There's not a single, like, it's not even like when he says, you're fired, you get a, like a, duh, duh. Yeah. like, there's nothing. Like, the absolutely dead silence. You just get a door closing and just all of that sort of stuff. And I also love Palmer, arrogant Palmer, like, I would go to this hotel in 30 minutes and don't you dare ask my staff for a reference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not even Jenkins? No, especially not Jenkins. <laughs> But I hear that Mason's got a new opening because Rebecca's yeah. just not doing her job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mason's about to go to Washington. So Yeah, well, know. yeah. Again, Palmer making, you know, he's promising things to people who break the rules and he's firing people who just don't have a choice. But yeah, I, yeah. I do love that Patty's description is like, oh, I just, I, I couldn't say no because Sherry, Sometimes she scares me. <laughs> she sounds like <laughs> such a child. She's really scary sometimes. 
I mean, she is, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, I, I would do anything that Sherry asked me to. So, yeah, I'd sleep with Palmer oh. if she asked me to. <laughs> Uh, absolutely right <laughs> yep. um I, i'm gonna cover kim's stuff uh, i it's, this is all disjointed here but uh let's be honest with what i was saying last week as well about they clearly were committed to 13 episodes they didn't know if they'd get more than that said so let's tell our story in 13 episodes and then when they said you guys are getting 11 more episodes they said what are we gonna do well remember what we wrapped up in episode 13 let's just do the same thing again okay <laughs> Kidnap Terry, kidnap Kim, let's take out Palmer. <laughs> let's recycle the story. Because Kim, kidnapped again, uh, is now being held by the Drazens, but she's alone this time. There's no Janet there to comfort her, no Rick there to comfort no. her, uh, no Terry there to comfort her. So I think that might be one of the reasons why I'm a little bit more okay with Kim, because it's really the first time she's been on her own. And we were joking about the the scene with Melanie where she's like, you think you've had a hard life? Listen to the day I've had. And meanwhile, every bad thing that's happened has happened to the person with Kim and not Kim herself. You know, not, not downplaying if you're kidnapped and all this, how scary that could be. But you weren't <laughs> the one raped. You weren't the one drugged. You weren't the one whose arm was broken or all this stuff. You weren't the one who, you know, is now on the run from the law because they're being chased by drug lords and the government. Uh, but her being on her own, it makes her a little bit more vulnerable. And I think you do feel a little bit more for the, this little girl, as David keeps calling her, which I'll wait till I get there. That's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, I, I'm okay with Kim being kidnapped this time. And really, we don't get much out of it. There's a couple of conversations here with Andre uh, where, uh, or is it Victor, where they're talking about the, the dead daughter? Who, who was it? Victor. I, I, miss- I think he's Victor. Yeah. He's where he's like, my father's a great man. No, he's not. <laughs> All right. Yeah. My father's <laughs> a good man. I was like, your father kills little girls too. <laughs> your father's a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> this, it, it's, it's, you know, naive little Kim here, uh, which we don't really get a resolution for that in this season. That's going to be something we're going to get maybe in the next season. Uh, a little bit more, but uh, it would have been nice if Kim had, you know, a moment here where she's like, dad, did you really kill that little girl? Uh, but yeah, this is, you know, uh, something that helps you sympathize a little bit with the Drazens. Uh, and this isn't something that I ever really picked up on on my first watch of the show is that it, they, they made a very clear point to almost make them sympathetic in a way that they are just trying to an eye for an eye, you know, uh, and not downplaying the Drazens as terrorists or whatever, but from their perspective, you know, Jack and David are responsible for loss of lives in their family. And it's just simply, you know what, you know, eye for an eye here. And uh, I, I kind of like that they bring that, that depth to the Drazens here. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sorry, all. Colin. <laughs> oh, I thought you if were going to If you have continue. anything else you want to add, go right. ahead. Um. No, I completely agree. And that's going back to my point I said a lot this season where this is just a simplified plot that it's not, you know, over the top and this would be the most this will be the simplest arc we get in all of twenty four. Mm-hmm. You know, next season you go from this to there's gonna be a nuclear bomb. I mean, you can't go from one to yeah. the other, you know, any more drastically. Um but yeah, you're right, because like they're they're layered, um, there's story to it. Um you, you know, as much as I I've got my favorite villain, um, and we've all liked these different villains a lot of them kind of go a bit Bondian. They're just a bit of a Bond villain. You know, I want to do something evil. I've got my reasons. Deal with it. You know, whereas this, it's like, yeah, kind of as you said, like not to take away from this guy being like Milosevic's right-hand man or whatever and that sort of stuff and killing innocent people in Serbia. You know, what a what a dick. But like it's kind of, 
take that out of it because you've got to make him evil for something. You can't just be like, oh, Jack went over there and killed the wrong person because then Jack's a bit of a dick. But yeah. it's it's kind of like how, you know, some of the people we've had on the show have played villains. It's like in the, in the actor who's playing a villain's eyes, they're not a villain. They're good. Yeah. And, and I'm sure in real life, Hitler thought he was good. You know, bring up Hitler. Yeah. Why not? So, like, Drazen thinks he's good. So I kind of like this little conversation he has with Kim. And I like this exposure Kim has to this because – no matter how much we've made fun of Kim, spoilt little whatever girl, like you kind of believe that, like that her dad's going to shield her from this. Her dad's not going to come mm-hmm. home. Ah, oh, honey, how you doing? Oh, how was school? Yeah. How's Todd? Is he going well? In yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. What did you do today, Dad? Oh, I just killed about seven terrorists. Yeah, this one just wouldn't shut the fuck up, so I popped him right in the nose. <laughs> Bang. Uh, did this, did that, blew up a couple of things, kicked ass, took some names, and, and now it's dinner time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's going to shield her from that. Yeah. So it's kind of when he gets exposure, it's, what's it? I'm trying to think of the movie. I'm pretty sure it was the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Sudden Death, with um, Future one. 24 star. Is it Noah Daniels? Noah the, um, he's a vice, he's a terrorist in that Powers movie. Booth. Powers Booth. Why am I thinking Noah? I was close somewhere. Oh, it resembles <laughs> that racist guy we know. But he was, um, he was President Daniels, though, or Vice President Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, no, he was a terrorist, but he, he um, he's a, future vice president in this show so but in mm. sudden death he's a terrorist holds the vice president hostage yeah. um and he's got i think it's this movie correct me if i'm wrong but he's because he's got jean-claude van damme's daughter and he's all basically like you know and she's like my daddy's a great man and he's just like no your daddy does this and your daddy does that like it's kind of like that realization where the kids are so innocent to what their parents do so mm-hmm. random tangent that i'm thinking of sudden death great Hockey movie, Colin. Do you like that movie? Yeah. Well, you know what? Well, by the time you listen to this episode, we may have already covered it because uh, <laughs> Matt Dyson and I have been talking about. Uh, oh, J- if you're JCB doing sudden Month. death, I'm joining you for that episode. I love that oh, movie. I'll, ha- I'll have to confirm with him if that's uh, on our list here. Because if I it's on, I'm doing it. I love it. I love <laughs> yeah. that movie. Any any movie where I get to see the mascot of the Pittsburgh Penguins get stabbed in the neck with a chicken bone, um, you know. <laughs> Um, oh, no, actually, no, she gets choked on the on the broiler. If somebody else gets stabbed in the neck by a chicken bone. Sorry, getting my desk confused. Uh, but basically, the end of this Kim thing, there's also a really good line in there where I think Kim refers to it. It's like, my dad, if, if anything like that happened, it would have just been an accident. And uh, Victor's like, your, da- your dad is responsible for many accidents. <laughs> it's just <laughs> kind of condescending towards her. I, I, I love Victor Drazen. Uh, but yeah, the, the whole wrap of this, as we said, is, you know, th- the Drazens, they're a little bit too um, too courteous when it comes to food and beverages. Yeah. <laughs> That's really the downfall. Oh, this scene. <laughs> I love this guy. Random oh. off the coffee guy. Oh, he's my star. He's better than Janet. No, actually, that's not true. He's second best to Janet this season. I love this guy. Yeah, Kim's like, you know, I'm a little bit cold. Do you mind if I make myself a coffee? <laughs> no, go right ahead. Yeah. Milk it in. Like, yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> It's Marco. He's got a name. Sorry, keep talking. He's got a page on 24 Wiki. Marco. Marco, the the barista here. (laughs) Kim makes herself a coffee. And this guy, the the dumbest henchman ever. Hmm. It's taken her a little while to make that coffee. Maybe she needs help with the sugar. I will go find the sugar. And he goes up and coffee right in the face, which, by the way, they're outside. She's already said it's cold. There is this should give us some digital steam or something because this is the worst coffee Ah, ah, it's lukewarm. Ah. <laughs> that coffee's been sitting there for like how many hours has it been? You know, since it's yeah. been there. Like, I just wanted to like throw it out and she just, Eddie just stares at her. What is that meant to do? And slap her. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good slap. 
it's clearly not hot. I mean, it's, oh, it's stale. <laughs> <laughs> this is five hours old. Disgusting. <laughs> but this is, this is from how- McDonald's. It stinks. <laughs> But this is how Kim escapes. Coffee to the face. <laughs> Coffee to the when face. Said, we, we know when she said, bring it on earlier, she wasn't thinking anything other than, I will throw coffee in your face, Melanie. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> this is Kim's move. Look, it, it, like it's, it's a hilariously stupid scene. But like, <laughs> hashtag go Kim. Like, yeah, Kim Power. Yeah, she like, does something know, for once. Kim Powers, great contestant of Survivor. Kim Power. But, um, <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll just be so nice to Kim because, like, she's got gaffer tape on her mouth for half this episode that she can't talk. <laughs> but seriously, like, it, like, in all seriousness, it is, like, a great scene between Alicia Cuthbert and um, Dennis Hopper. Like, I, I mean, I can imagine, like, Alicia Cuthbert's, what, fairly fresh actress at this point in her career. Like, this is a breakout role, and here she is mm-hmm. in front of freaking Dennis Hopper. Like, I mean, she's been in front of freaking Keeper Sutherland all season. But, I mean, how many scenes have they shared together? So, um yeah, so like I, I want to give her props. I feel like we've just beaten her with a dead horse in the last few weeks, but um, I like it. Like, yeah, this just, I just love this guy. It's like the way she's like, oh, I'm a bit cold. I just love the facial reaction of this guy. It's not like he's like, no, I will get you coffee. He's just kind of like, oh yeah, you've had a hard day. I hear if uh, you know if you've, anyone's had a hard day, it's you. So please go ahead. We, we have some baklava there if you want. But it's it's just the reaction because like he literally is just like, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, you know. And then like so she just starts to make it, and it's not like he's gone for like I feel like they need to cut away. And then yeah. they like need to come back because he's literally just like, oh yeah, yeah, go, go on. Two seconds later, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> he's like, turns around. And it's not even like he's like the turns out and goes, wait, I will get coffee for you. It's just the way he kind of approaches her. He just kind of yeah. saunter like, huh, hmm, what could she be doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I love the fact that on 24 Wiki, they have a screen grab. Of oh, that is our, that's please let that be a, our picture when we put this up on social oh, media. I've already made. I'll change it just to that. It's just <laughs> burned in the face with coffee by Kim. But like, literally, I'm spoiling this. He gets killed next week. He's got no burn marks on his. Is this is so painful? Should he have like half an eye hanging out with I burn know. marks on his thing? Like. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I just want, <laughs> I want every scene in, in future seasons where Kim's in jeopardy to end like this. When she's trapped in the closet, you know, the, as the, the nanny with the, na- the, the, the girl's dad coming after coffee in the face, yeah. the cougar, the cougar is coming right out. <laughs> coffee in the face, cougar. <laughs> I just went to the Seven Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> 18 more, you know, times next week she gets kidnapped. Coffee in the face, you know. <laughs> Coffee in the face. Coffee in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, just love Marco. God, he's so good. This, this helps Kim escape. We get. It actually is quite an exciting action sequence. I love oh, that yeah. it's the boat docks too. Because yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever, you know, I can't remember any specific scenes in boat docks, but this lends itself really well to, um, I, think, I think it was the episode uh, where they were escaping or the, the, the tunnels and I was talking about, the environment sometimes is more interesting than what you could do. And I like doing something with an environment is more interesting than just guns and bullets flying and uh, all that. But the fact that this is a boat dock where I'm looking around, I'm like, this would be a really good spot to hide. Like, look, go over there, Kim. <laughs> Cause <laughs> it would be almost impossible to find somebody a boat dock. You get in the water, yeah. you know, it, it's not as simple as, Oh, just look for the bubbles. I mean, it's pitch black outside. 
I think she hides underneath the dock. I mean, th- this is actually a really interesting environment to have even what we're going to get next week happening. But uh, yeah, you know, Kim, Kim makes a, a good move. She escapes. It's exciting. She's finally going to be free. You're still expecting somebody's going to come scoop her up <laughs> in the next five minutes. Be like, you're kidnapped again, Kim. Before I mention, yeah, my thoughts, uh, the actor who plays uh, Marco is Mark Kuber. Kuber is Czech. He's mainly a stunt performer, uh, but he's had roles in various things where he just looks like he plays like prisoner number two um, and things like that. So, uh, yeah, maybe he's somebody. He's on snakes in a plane. I mean, you know, what a, what a role that he basically had there. Um, yeah, like it's it's kind of, you know, I, I mentioned like Bondian villains moving forward, like, it kind of is a bit of a 24 trope that you've got to have your final, you know, battle sequence somewhere. Mm. Like, you know, kind of the, the final episode lair, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. I like the, the dock. Like, it's it's interesting. And, yeah, I, I like Kim's escape. And I like this kind of moment where she's on the dock and it's like, don't be stupid, child, you'll drown. Mm. It's like, will she? Like, she could be a really yeah. good swimmer. Like, I mean, she could be, I don't know, Michael Phelps' daughter or something like that. I don't <laughs> know. Well, actually, well, she would have been older than Michael Phelps in 2002. So, Michael Phelps' older sister. Like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> His aunt. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I just love that assumption. But, uh, yeah, it's tense. It's great. And it's I like kind of this setup where you sort of have it sort of leading into, well, you know, with the reveal of what we'll get at the end of the episode, we'll leave to the tension next week. But it's kind of almost like the Drazens are basically fucked. But then it's all of a sudden like, well, actually, are they? Because they've got, they've got something up their sleeve. And it's mm. not coffee. And normally I would transition into the CTU stuff because that's the the less exciting part of this story if you're going to go between that and Jack. But uh, really the, the the cliffhanger this week means we're saving CTU for last. But uh, there is going to be some crossover here. Uh, Jack, uh, who of course got away last week, he has the cell phone that the Drazens have given him, makes a call to Nina. <laughs> and a lot of what's going to be going on here is just there's so much when I when I sort of commented about how they could have saved some of this stuff for last week. It, it's a lot of the the Mason uh, may, might be the well, let's shut down Mason's access and all that because there's so much that happens and and you almost lose track even knowing what happens to the show you almost lose track of oh have you talked to Jack no I haven't talked to Jack hey did you talk to Jack yes I did but don't tell Mason you know there, there's so much of that going on that it, it almost gets too confusing where if you you'd save some of that for last week I feel like you could have had an even better third last episode uh, and I don't think you would have sacrificed as much in this one uh, it doesn't hurt this one it's extremely fast paced it's just there, there's a lot going on uh, but I, I had to ask you off air I'm like what did this note mean because I made a note about don't tell Drazen that we talked uh, which was, I guess, when Jack was talking to Nina here. Uh, my, my issue with this was when Jack made that phone call, he was on the phone Drazen gave him. So <laughs> Jack, poor spy, we're going to find out in a little bit how poor of a spy he is that he just decides this cell phone that Drazen gave him is the one I should do everything on. The, the, you know, CTU has planted this, this really... <laughs> uh, obviously labeled bug on Alexis that they find right away. They're smart. Jack gets a cell phone from Drazen and he's calling Nina saying, don't tell Drazen we talk. The thing's probably bugged. We find out it's going to be even more than that. I mean, it's just it, it, the the exhaustion is getting to Jack's here. That's the only way I can blame it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why he would be making any calls on the cell phone, but hey, the plot has to plot, right? She, she, uh, he should have had that baklava last week or the bell. Yeah, exactly. That food you know, last it, week. I think it wouldn't be so loopy. 
it's his blood sugar is dropping. It's making yeah. poor decisions come out. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Jack does call. Um, or he gets to. Uh, uh, he, he doesn't get to talk to Terry. He does talk to Terry in this episode, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's a prominent conversation. We'll talk about Colin. that first. Yeah. You know, because he finally talks to Terry uh, because Jack is safe. But sorry, Kim's kidnapped again. <laughs> she finds <laughs> that news out. We've gone through that a Classic couple times. Kim. <laughs> But Terry does break the news here. We're going to have a baby. And it's definitely yours, Jack. I have had <laughs> sex with nobody else today. <laughs> I do. I do like, I will say, like, just to jump in, I'm not trying to shit on this scene because if we had room, I would almost nominate this for a top five. Because I just, I love the way it ends with Jack kind of like crying and he's got that determined look on his face as he drives off. But mm-hmm. I, um, I like sort of the soap opera-ness of it when it's like, I'm going to have a baby. You mean you're pregnant? That's usually how it works, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Jamie explained it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you didn't even know how it got in there. <laughs> uh, still, I, I mean, we love Leslie Hope. We love Terry at moments of this season, but she just has bad timing. Like, your daughter's kidnapped. I don't know if he needs this on his conscience right now. Uh, I don't know if this is the best time to tell him. Obviously, for plot reasons, it has to be revealed. Uh, I, I, when we get to the end of the season, I want us to have a discussion about this whole pregnancy storyline because I have a lot of theories on how this was planned differently and they they just change positions here. Uh, but it does. You do get that moment of come on, Terry. Now, <laughs> seriously, yeah. well, what this, else is she doing? Come on, she's just asking where Jackie. She's found out. She's got some news to tell him. It's just weird that it's such a happy conversation. When your daughter is kidnapped, like if anything, it should be like, Jack, I need you to find Kim because we're going to have a baby. And, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do, Jack. I'm going to lose one kid. That's not even It's just she suddenly forgets she has a daughter who's in jeopardy. It's like, hey, Jack, we're going to have a baby. Don't worry. If Kim dies, we got a replacement. Well, that's what I was going to say. That's what you're not reading into it. It's like it's happy because it's like, well, you lose one, you win some. So, like, you know, at least. She has got kidnapped like 27 <laughs> times today. So, well, we'll train this one better. <laughs> I, it's funny. I uh, I knew completely where you were going. Like the, the basic point you were making, I knew you were going with it. And I took a sip of water. But something about her saying, you win some, you lose some, just almost made me puke up my water. <laughs> Let's be honest. She, you know, she... She's a bit of a bitch. She's a bit entitled. We didn't raise her very well, you know. And yeah, plus, you she know, knows Todd, so she's had if, a heart, you know. If it was Todd who was kidnapped, yeah, well, then Todd I'd be worried. Out of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Todd Todd's, would have never been in this situation. Todd's been in foster care. Yeah, and, you know, Todd wouldn't be calling me on a phone call. The Drazens gave him Jack. Think like Todd. I, I, I hate WWTD, to be WTD, what would Todd do? I hate to be that guy, Colin. But I think you've gotten your uh, your your bits confused because Jack actually rings Terry after the explosion with Palmer, so he's been given ah. another phone. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. See, this yes. is the problem with this episode. It, yeah. It's hard to cover. Give me a break, Ben. How do you cover this episode where everything? Even Casper's crying, going, "God damn, get it right." Uh, okay, so yeah, that that conversation does happen. But uh, the main thing, as you're mentioning, is that he's going to see Palmer. Uh, so this was the conversation where he told Jack, "What you're coming? But but I've got a date. <laughs> I can't do this right now. Join in. <laughs> you can come. She's quite you know she's quite attractive. My wife is like, hey, have you checked out Patty lately? Uh, now that she's cut her hair, she's really looking good. <laughs> you're like a woman who can change her hair in less than five minutes. And I've got the woman for you." 
But uh, yeah, Jack goes to Palmer. He basically tells him the whole story. The Drazens are alive. How is that even possible? <laughs> Palmer. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know they, they make the phone call here and uh, obviously the big plot twist here is this phone that uh, Jack has been on the entire time there's no way they could have ever done anything to a phone that they gave me all of a sudden Jack's like no not the phone I just want that's where we need the slow-mo no <laughs> it's chucked away from no. David's face <laughs> blows up i mean it is such a great twist though it's just wow yeah. wh- how long was it gonna take jack <laughs> cluing on this i like uh, I, I, it's a great like it's just i just gotta say we've questioned a lot of the law enforcement in this season um yeah Let, can we question the secret service again this is the, oh. the great secret service who are basically like oh yeah, there's a bug on the phone i better go check it out literally ctu do the right thing to call them up and be like yeah, so remember that thing earlier on today when Jack was potentially trying to kill the senator because his family was kidnapped? Kind of happened again. Don't let him in. And so mm, Jack rings yeah. up. Hey, Palmer. Jack. How you doing? <laughs> I'm all right. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. So I need to see you. I can't let you in. Why? Because they say you're going to kill me. I won't kill you. Okay, I'll let you in in five. Like, I mean, I get it. It's the relationship between these two. You've got to trust them. In all fairness, he's met him like two times. Okay, yeah. he's... Saved him. Kill him once. Yeah, he saved him twice. Well, he's actually only saved him like once at the moment. Oh, I, I, you know, I didn't try to kill you, and fair enough, you sort of did, but yeah. still, like again, this is America. This guy's like fucking getting the shit beaten out of him. I mean, God help him if he was black. But <laughs> I, I, I just, I just love the fact that they just willingly. Let, where's Aaron? Aaron's got the afternoon. He's gone home. Like Aaron wouldn't <laughs> let him in. Oh, I mean, having said that, he did kind of let him in earlier. But I just don't, I just don't buy this big national threat. Like, don't let him in. Palmer, let him in. Okay. <laughs> and he literally brings a bomb. Where's the yeah. like stuff that they had exactly. before? <laughs> yeah, a scan, something. No, no, no. You want to make a phone call? We're using David's phone. We'll use <laughs> Patty's phone. Where's Patty? Patty's got the secure line. Oh, problem with that. So kind of let her go. Um, you know, this guy's she such was... a pushover as President Palmer. Like, Jesus Christ, we don't negotiate with terrorists. No, let Drazen go. Oh, we're going to trade Jack because that's fair. Get rid of Who cares about Drazen? Yeah. Next minute, oh, this guy's coming to kill you. No, he's my friend. Okay. Like, no, friends would never do anything to her. No one's ever betrayed anyone before after, you know, giving them their word. Not at all. Well, and this is where we're going to be applauding Sherry again because we get the first ever meeting between Sherry Palmer and Jack Bauer here. Oh, uh, the which... chemistry. It's it's incredible. Uh, but they when they meet, David even says, hi, this is Jack. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> it's a very slow conversation. You almost died because she comes in. She's actually very concerned. Like, this is where I'm going to defend Sherry even more when we get to the next episode. Because what she said to Patty earlier about, you know, of course I mind. Like, you can tell she genuinely is worried. It's not, oh, I'm not going to be the First Lady. It's somebody almost killed you. Like, what's going on? But all of a sudden, hi, Jack pa- Jack Bauer, Sherry Palmer, <laughs> shake hands, guys. <laughs> like it's a little bit too formal here. It's kind of Obi Wan meets Anakin in Phantom of Menace. Yeah, Obi Wan can Phantom Obi-Wan of Anakin Menace. Skywalker. Phantom of Menace. That was. The- <laughs> you know what? I actually I, I completely forgot about this. I was going to mention the Phantom Menace when you were talking about the Drazens. Uh, you know, having that depth, like even Hitler at one point, you know, thought he was doing right. Uh, Phantom Menace ahead of its time. You know, George Lucas uh, was commented even at the time the movie came out about why he wanted 
one of those criticized things about Star Wars is we shouldn't have seen him as a nice little boy, which I completely disagree about because the point of George Lucas's story is about redemption and about how nobody starts out bad. And he even gave examples of, you know, Hitler, Genghis Khan. At one point, they were just innocent children. You know, whatever you want to believe about how they develop later on, nobody's born like that. Uh, but yeah, well, nice Noah. phantom menace. Not Noah. Yeah, <laughs> it's always racist. <laughs> a baby, but, uh, you should have seen the toys he played with. Oh, it's disgusting. He had Hitler action figures. <laughs> <laughs> All the black Barbies and burnt them. Like, oh, <laughs> disgusting. But but anyways, this meeting between hi. <laughs> Sherry Palmer, Jack Bauer. But even her um, reaction, though, because what, what does like, he say? Like, he's he the says, man the man saved... who saved my life twice. And, and she then goes, Sherry's yeah. reaction. Yeah, it, it, her reaction is, again, what we're going to be applauding for. Was like, yeah, it's actually his fault, David, which is true. Yeah. Forget about what Jack's intentions are. Oh, he had a daughter at stake. And if there's no other way to do this, look at this from Sherry's point of view. This guy is responsible for both assassination attempts. He was present. Like, forget about what the real story is. Secret Service and Sherry are handcuffing this guy right now. I don't care what you're saying. I don't care yeah. that you have saved his life. We, we all know these stories about people who will cause crimes to be the hero. And that the Richard Jewell, you know, the, the Atlanta, the hero of the Atlanta uh, Olympic bombings. That's what he was suspected of. It's like, oh, well, he caused this. You know, he he wanted, he has that personality type. That's what they're suspecting Jack of right now. Oh, you just miraculously, for the second time today, barely stopped the death that you almost caused. Like, I'm with Sherry here. Yeah. And I, like, you said it, like, the reaction from Sherry here, too. Like, it's kind of like, you know, we're, we're being led to believe that Sherry doesn't love David, but just, like, the way she's, like, rushed up to him, whether this is just a power trip or not. But, like... I do, yeah, I, I love kind of just Sherry's reaction here. I love angry Palmer's like, Sherry, please, like, damn it, woman, like, <laughs> Um But then I want to point out uh, quickly, because I, I love this whole sequence. Like, again, it's, yeah, Jack's a bit of a dummy. Like, you should have checked this phone. I mean, God, the Drazens, as you said, can check for a tracker, yet he can't check a phone for a bomb. <laughs> um, it's particularly when they're all like, oh, you know, like, you're going to go kill Palmer. And he's like, oh, I'm never going to hurt you. And it's like, well... Okay, fair enough. But like, what do you think they've given you? The one thing that they've given you that might harm yeah. him. Um. So, but I mean, it's a great action scene. We get an explosion. You know, that's always good. But um, I I've mentioned a few times. I've obviously got the official guide, and there's a few good things about that this week. But I, I think I've told you that I, I and I'm going to show this. No, our listeners won't see this. But I'm going to show this, Colin, on screen. I've got a couple of editions of 24. Jack official, with an exclamation mark. The official Jack! magazine. I, <laughs> Jack, I've got like four issues of this. So this is the very first issue that they ever did. So I think this was what, like 2006. So I think we're in the midst of season five, I have from memory. Um, so they have in this uh, the top 24, 24 moments, which I feel we'll talk about more in a couple of weeks because some of these will make our top five. Uh, just, just, I just, the reason I go over this, you'll get, you'll get to wonder. Number 24, the first big twist. Janet York's death. Yay, Janet made the top 24. Um, you know, no no other season one moments until we get to... Oh, okay. Part 17, the, the 17th biggest moment is uh, this scene that we're seeing. The phone blows up. Now, I just want to um, read this out to you to see if uh, when I read this to you, uh, we should be trusting 24, the official magazine, with its correct facts. They've dealt with each other before and been in constant communication all day. But this is the first time we've seen them all together. I've seen them together in the series. 
This is the like, third time just- we've seen them together in this series. <laughs> 24 official magazine. I don't trust your judgment. The official yeah. magazine of this television show can't even get its facts right. You're you're in the bin, yeah. 24 magazine. We, we we have what three times now been like, oh, this is the only time we see them. Oh no, no, yeah. no sorry, there was also this time. Oh yeah, there was also this time. <laughs> but it's it's funny because like, yes, we made that faux pas, but like we remember the first time they actually met because it was a nominee for yeah. the top five. And then I forgot that we saw them again together in the hotel. This is the last time I think we ever see them together. I'm pretty yeah. certain we never see them again after this point together in a room. I'm probably wrong. But well, I the know, official I know magazine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. somebody wasn't doing their research. You know, you know sure they, they, need a good, they need a good journalist on staff there. Ben, is that magazine still in operation? I thought you were about to ask if I'm a good journalist. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who was the editor of this Mickey Mouse magazine? Let's have a look here. Is it uh, bloody Peter Travers or someone? Editor, Martin Eden. Oh, classic Martin. Yeah, oh. that's just renowned for it. He's such a Noah too. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Wanker. Uh, so really what's going to come of this plot line is Jack's pitch is, listen, let's let them think that he's dead. And this is you know connecting it to Speed because I recently rewatched it and Dennis Hopper is in both. Uh, this is basically the same plot line. Wait, they didn't know the bus blew up. <laughs> so uh, lots of 24 and speed crossover here. But th- I'm not going to say this is a bad idea. This actually makes total sense. But Sherry brings up a point. Again, you don't have to disagree with – we're not saying we disagree with Jack and Dave. We're just simply saying from Sherry's point of view, she's bringing up solid points. This is what Mike's job is. The yeah. chief of staff's job should be to make sure all options are presented. What is Mike doing here? Because when we get to Mike in the next episode, boy, I'm going to have some criticisms for him. Uh, And I love Mike as a character, but didn't exactly do his job here. Uh, She's saying, listen, David, we can't keep toying with the public's emotions. This will be what the second or third time today that, you know, we're keeping them out of the loop. Obviously there was an assassination attempt earlier. It all happened off screen, but they kept that quiet, and at some point it did leak because now everybody knows. Well, Kim's so, heard on the news. Exactly. But but if we're even looking at what the show's not telling us, but you can read between the lines and say, okay, maybe there's a deleted scene somewhere where this was supposed to be kept quiet, but it's still broken the news. All right, the Palmers lied to us once. Uh, secondly, oh, yeah, this whole key thing, don't worry about it. You know, some stuff's going to come out. There was some cover-ups, but I didn't know any better. Palmers lied to us twice. Now we are going to fake the death the night that he's elected. Forget about whether or not the public will instantly jump on this. Fox News is going to be like, listen, let's look at this realistically. Not even Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, every news outlet in the world is going to be like, listen, what a coincidence that his life was almost taken twice on a day where bad news came about him. We're in the area of, as we talked about, you know, uh, Bill Clinton had some sex scandals. Hey, we just got involved in a war, everybody. <laughs> Don't yep. pay attention to the other news. That <laughs> This is what was happening. There is no way they survived this. So Sherry has a point again. This is not the right call. And somebody else is going to agree with this next week as well. 
the, the only thing I will say with it, you talk about good journalists. The fucking journalists outside are, are bloodhounds because they know he's dead within like two seconds. Like, I mean, I, yeah. I like who's leaked that? Like, cause later on, it's like a source inside has leaked it. Like, it's like, boom, blown up. Oh, they need to believe he's dead. So Jack brings up, hi, yes, this is Jack Bauer. Yeah, no, shut up. It's not That's not me. Uh, Palmer's dead. Okay, bye. Like, like in, in an explosion like this, like, I mean, I guess they identified Faragamo died pretty quickly, so they've got some really good forensic scientists in this uh, in Los Angeles on this day. So I guess they can straight away leak to the news that he's dead. Like, I feel like this is a, a very tabloidy thing, right? Like, um, I mean, 9-11, we always bring it up, but I'm sure you watched it all live. We all did, if you were there. And we all remember that there were so many false reports that day. Yeah. Uh, so many. Um, you know, I remember like as 14 year old Ben who loved skyscrapers in New York, you know, I, I'm not saying I wasn't concerned for the trade centers, but I'm like, if they fucking blow up the empire state building and I've not been there, I'm, I'm going to fucking Afghanistan myself and I'm kicking some ass. <laughs> um, so when they kept putting up on the screen, like empire state building evacuated, you know, and there was like plane reported to be towards the empire state, like all these, like that was yeah. literally happening on the day. And so, like, you're going to have misreports and things like that. And this was that age of where it was really starting, that 24-hour news cycle where you had so many competitors like Fox to CNN because it wasn't just a monopoly. So I can understand it where it kind of is like, there are reports that Palmer is dead. Like, don't just announce it straight away. Like, they're literally going, Palmer's dead. Like, <laughs> like they're bloodhounds, but they're not like... I. It is a rule in journalism that you always have to use the word allegedly until they are found guilty by a court of law. If I write, if you murder Jamie right now, or sorry, the other way around, Jamie murders you, uh, and I'm writing a story <laughs> and she's on trial, and I write, Jamie murdered Colin Hilding, like, I can get, like, sued and everything because mm. I haven't said allegedly until she's found guilty. So the point is, they're bloodhounds, but then they're also not using the words allegedly. So they're just jumping, typical Fox News. Uh, well, also another funny thing I just thought of uh, when you are talking about, well, who actually leaked this this quickly and you blame Jack? I would like to think it's actually David. Like he leans I'm out the dead. window. Hello, everybody. <laughs> My name is Wayne. Brother of <laughs> Some people think we're twins, but we're not. But brother's dead. Brother David died. If you ever are voting for somebody in the future, think Wayne Paul. <laughs> and that's how Wayne But yeah, I mean, it, it's still a great plot twist. You know the the we're going this is one of the other things that i'm going to uh at least say they could have stretched this out over another episode and padded last week a little bit because everything happens so quickly i don't feel like you really have time to digest the the great idea of let's keep david's death secret because spoiler here it's not going to last for long uh we'll get to that soon enough but uh i mean i think sherry's reactions uh completely right here even if the idea to keep him you know uh uh, everybody else in the dark about whether or not he's alive uh, is actually the right call. Or maybe just don't leak it. You know, you don't have to say, hey, we're dead. Just, hey, don't confirm anything. This is what would happen if, if a real incident like this happened. They, they wouldn't immediately say, listen, the president is alive or the future president is alive and he's being held in this bunker here. Anybody yeah. wants to come see him, he's doing autographs at 3 p.m. No, they're just going to say, hey, we're not confirming anything right now. You know, they yeah. might say, uh, we're, it's probably the other way around. They would say, yes, he's alive, but oh, we haven't seen a face. It's not going to affect things that much if the Drazens don't hear it on the news. And that's the thing, because like, I, I get what you say about kind of you could have dragged out a little bit and said it, but like, I think that the, the, 
the thing I love about these last two episodes is it's just so fast paced. You, you don't get a chance to catch your breath. Like just stuff's happening all the time. Um, and I think maybe like, yeah, stretch it out so that it, it, it does kind of, and you got more of the news saying like there are unconfirmed reports or this, that and everything else. Here's an example, Air Force One, the movie. You know, like uh, before Glenn Close announces it to the press, they ha- they cut to the news and they're like, there are unconfirmed reports that the president's plane, Air Force One, has crashed. And then they're kind of like, oh, fuck, like now we're going to have to go to the press and stuff like that. So um, you're muted, by the way, Colin. Oh, yeah. I was going to say allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. <crashed>. Allegedly. Allegedly <laughs> crashed. Um, but yeah, like, because it does kind of come very quickly uh, next. So I-, I love how, don't they say like, get the kids, everyone up here that, you know, like, you don't yeah. see Keith and Nicole again. Can I just point out, uh, we should have said it a few weeks ago, Nicole, never seen again. She's Daniel mm-hmm. Craig'd it. She's disappeared. She's uh, just gone. And we will see Keith for like a short scene in the first episode of season two, and that's it. Felicia mm-hmm. Shannon is is gone back to the the streets of LA to play street hockey with the Mighty Ducks. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. But, um, no, I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I, I'm not fast because i i think it works I, I like this whole nature of just boom 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 shove it in my face so opposite of, the, of what i was saying about they they could have stretched this out for one extra episode uh even if they just simply ended the last episode on it that's beside the point i, I do also get what you're saying about it's so fast paced you can't catch up and you kind of want that this is also just to give i guess a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here it is the first season we talked about you know weeks ago how you could see the shift in the show where they almost seem to be getting nervous about this serialized format. And they're like, well, we got to start telling some standalone episodes like the, the, the Nash thing and Hanlon, you know, there are a lot of these, uh, what was the other Ellis, a lot of these things where it's like, Oh, it's, it, you don't have to, don't worry. You don't have to commit to a whole season. It was early in the serialized TV thing. Uh, but <clears throat> still I do get what you're saying. But the other side of that uh, Mason being suspected of the mole, which is really the CTU storyline here. Uh, Tony and Nina have a bunch of conversations about, you know, oh, these these schematics, they've been accessed before. Well, who have they been accessed by? George Mason. <laughs> and <laughs> I love Rebecca. little bug shot that pops up at Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, obviously the setup now is we've been trying to make you think there's a mole. One thing I really want to give the show credit for is restraint so that you mm. don't overanalyze it. Because I feel like if you had revealed this in the previous episode, it, it definitely would have made these last two episodes slow down a little bit. Uh, but the more time you have to think about, oh, they're telling me that Mason is probably the mole. That means he's not the mole. You know, this is still 2001. I, I've mentioned this several times before with Survivor. Yes, it was a reality show. I was fully aware it was a reality show, but I also was very clued into editing and how stories were told, even you know uh, at a younger age, that when I was watching Survivor, I wasn't thinking about, oh, this is what's going to happen in reality. I was thinking about the producers know what happened on the show. They are going to edit this in a way to tell a story. And I was expecting this person's going to go home because that's the edit they're getting. And I had no idea that Mark Burnett at the time was smart enough to realize people do understand editing and they're going to predict things based on edits. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody had really ever tried that in TV before 24. Now a year later is basically doing the fictionalized version of what survivor did. We're going to mess with you. We're going to make you think this is being edited slanted to tell a story. And we're going to do the opposite. Audiences would 
clue in the longer you take on Mason is the mole. Oh, he's not the mole. So they don't give you a chance to breathe on that. And that I really do like, because it goes from the beginning of this episode of Mason's the mole. We got to lock out his access. And I do love Mason coming up. Somebody locked up my access. <laughs> and the way that they, they, Nina and Tony just look like they're, they're fools in this episode. It's like, oh, it didn't work because he's me like, no, no, no. Just show me on your screen. Uh, I can't do that. Mason. Why? Um, Good point. Okay, here you go. (laughs) Pornography. I was looking at pornography. (laughs) But I mean, Mason just calls him on us so quickly. You know, obviously the whole locking on his access thing doesn't work. Uh, It's just great. Mason, I just want to say, I mean, he brings so much to the second half of this show. I mean, everything he does, even when you don't suspect he's a mole, he's sleazy. We mentioned the phone conversations he had with Palmer the way that he actually talks back to people, whether you like him as a person or not. I mean, Mason is a brilliant character on the show and the right guy to throw the shade on. Okay. He's the mole, but then the big revelation we're going to get at the end of this episode though. I mean, this is what I, I, I don't know if, I don't know if there's going to be a better twist in the, can I, can I, can future- I stop you one second for, before ahead. we get to this? Cause I'm going to mm-hmm. forget to say this cause we, we need to give this next scene lip service and really delve into it. It's interesting that they make George Mason, like you seem to be the mole, Sander Berkeley. And it's, it's actually kind of coincidental that I mentioned Air Force One because in Air Force One, he's the mole. He's the mm-hmm. one who helps the terrorists get on the plane. So you wonder if they do that because I mean, that was, what, four years removed? That uh, was like before 90, this, yeah. yeah I didn't so even think about that. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't until just now. It was just like I'm putting the pieces together in my head. So like you wonder if that's kind of like a, a deliberate ploy by the writers because they're like, well, this guy was the mole in, in Air Force yeah. One, you know, so uh, <laughs> people are going to believe he's the mole in this and kind of similar sort of, you know, I mean, you don't really get much from character development of him in Air Force One that he's a sleazy guy that helps uh, Gary Oldman on the plane, and as you should, I'd help Gary Oldman on a plane. Um, that's what that movie should have been called, not Air Force One, Gary Oldman on a plane. <laughs> that's all I want to watch, Gary Oldman on a plane. <laughs> You know, we don't we don't get Harrison Ford's great get off my plane like I'm one of the greatest one liners in movie history. I want that's it. I've had it with these motherfucking Gary Oldmans on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> there we go, re-edited. Great movie. Right? I think I made my top fifty from memory Air Force One. But anyway, um, oh, so yeah, I just it. just connected in my head. Like, did, yeah. did that was that a ploy? I'd love to if we ever get any of the writers on the show. Maybe that's why if we get Xander on the show, like we can ask mm-hmm. him. Anyway, yeah, sorry, well, I needed to get that. Speaking of Xander no, and Moles. Solid point. Yeah. Ben makes uh, a good point for one. <laughs> Mark it on your bookmark it. Double Oz 7. Uh, not Double Oz 7. What are we? The Oz Network. Double Oz 7 is a great Network. show, by the way. You should listen to it. Oh, it's funny because uh, we, we did an interview yesterday, which uh, if anybody could figure out when these episodes are recorded, they'll know which one <laughs> it was. And I was like this close to saying, welcome to Double Oz 7. In the interview, which would have caused you an extra well, Nick, Nick does it every single bloody week on Breaking Bad. He's so used to doing Nip Tuck. He's like, hey, we're back to cover Nip to Breaking Bad. <laughs> He's been on the show in about three years. <laughs> uh, all right, so this big revelation here. Uh, the good thing is it comes out of nowhere. I mean, you, you, you think, yeah, Mason's the mole. They haven't given the audience enough time to even suspect they're messing with us. And then the end of the, the episode, you know, obviously oh. everything about the information leaking. Um, and there is going to be a setup, obviously, for next week as well with, you know, oh, how information is getting out of CTU. But um, we see somebody on the phone or we don't see, we hear somebody on the phone and it's a female voice. 
Now, I don't know if, if you figured it out before the revelation. When you hear your female voice, and you're like, okay, there's an, are you thinking it's Rebecca? I knew there's a reason why <laughs> Janet, Rebecca's so Janet, bad at her job. Janet's, Janet's alive. <laughs> <laughs> what a twist that would be. Here she is. <laughs> Janet. Mecca Janet. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch Mecca Janet. <laughs> you know, there's all types of fan fiction out there. I, I'm going to I'm going to say right now, if we get somebody signing up to our Patreon uh, after listening to this episode, if you want to pay us what as little as three dollars a month, yeah, you hear this episode three dollars a month. Just confirm with us that you have signed up for our Patreon. Show us proof of that for one month. We will write Mecca Janet fan fiction to send you and you alone. That is a promise. Absolutely, that's it. And and not only that, I as our bonus episode will record uh, a sensual version of the Mecca Janet fan fiction, read yes. in the style of Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, for three dollars a month, you only have to sign up for one month. Just confirm <laughs> with us after listening to this episode that you did it. You literally sound like one of those World Vision ads for just three dollars a month. <laughs> You can receive Mecca, Mecca Janet fan fiction. Save For as little as a of cup something. of coffee a day. <laughs> <laughs> Those ads piss me off. I don't even pay for coffee ever. I can't afford a cup of coffee a day. Like, I can't afford that. So little Jimmy in Sedan can't afford it either. Oh, so. I'm, I'm, I almost forgot about this. I was going to mention but little kids here. Because uh, before we even get to the big revelation. Wait, hang on, hang uh, on. Should we check with our lawyers before you mention little kids in the show? <laughs> I'm okay. It's just Ben who isn't. Right, uh, but myself. David repeatedly, his argument continues to be from this point on. The, the, but his little girl. No, <laughs> not his little girl. Is Jack misleading him? Uh, if David knew that Kim was, what, 16, 17 years old at this point, would he be as defensive because he keeps referring to his, you know, I've got a uh, little girl yeah. <laughs> who's defenseless and barely out of kindergarten and is being held against her will. I, I, I'm feeling like there's some misleading going on here. Yeah, like it's just, it's like Jack's gone like, you know, like it's it's independent. I think we brought this up recently. It's like Independence Day when um the Bill Pullman's wife is like, you know, talking to Vivica Fox and it's basically like, she's like, I'm a dancer. Ah, oh, ballet. No, <laughs> exotic. Like this is like Jack going yeah. to Palmer like, oh, I've got a daughter. Ah, uh, little toddler. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little. Would it matter if she was a teen? Oh, she was a teenager. I can't stand teenagers after today. Yeah. Then little girl. Little girl. Okay, I just wanted to bring that up before I forgot because I almost forgot after saying several times throughout this episode, oh, I'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the big revelation here, female voice identifies himself as Yelena. Almost sounds like Nina, doesn't it? Uh, here no. we go. We're, we're finally here. Who is the mole? Grant Camera Bowler. backs up and Yelena is <laughs> Grant Bowler. <laughs> Uh, played by Sarah Clark. Uh, <laughs> Nina's the mole. I remember <gasps> this being, it, it was a shock, but like, I, I wish I could remember whether I was clued in, but something started, I sort of had this flashback as I was rewatching this to when they had, this is why I was sort of asking about the female voice. When they had the female voice, I'm like, oh, did that actually spoil it? Because I don't remember whether I heard that female voice and said, wait, it's got to be Nina. Uh, you know, or Rebecca, <laughs> but uh, it, it's still one of the, I'm, I'm going to say as far as plot twists go, like I never saw that coming. I don't know if they would ever top. It was Nina because she is the one trusted person. And, you know, when we get to the end of this season here, we do a kind of our season recap. I'm going to have so much praise for how the writers handled this. And also Sarah Clark, 
it, it could have just been how the you know, Stephen Hopkins and uh, all the, you know, uh, uh, Howard Gordon and John Cassar and uh, everybody involved in this show uh, kind of shielded her to not make her overplay it, but also make her sell it just enough that on a rewatch, you see little hints here and there without it being obvious. But this is the great twist in 24 history. Yeah, and this is like, you do get sick of every season there having to be a bloody mole. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, like it's, some seasons you've got like eight moles, don't you? Like, and you got a mole who's not a mole. That's why I never watched Alias because I can never keep up. Like, she's a mole, now she's not a mole. She's a mole, yeah. she's a triple mole. Like, I fucking, what the hell? I don't know what's going on and I've gone cross-eyed. Um, that was like, just episode one. Like, that's not even a joke. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like, oh, like, yeah, I, one thing I want to say right now because I've got the, the, scene freezed on my computer right now is Zelka Ivanek's reaction when it's mm. like it's Yelena and he's like why are you calling like I saw his reaction is the audience where he kind of just looks up and he's like what yeah um but yeah like I didn't have a clue I I, I had absolutely no clue and to me the shock was like it wasn't the woman's voice it's kind of the way you see it like the way you've kind of got this POV shot where you see Tony it's like okay well, so it's not Tony then mm-hmm. like okay and then they kind of zoom away and you kind of see the back and like the top half of her head and it's that initial like no and then they zoom out more and you're like no <laughs> and you're like what the fuck um and like what is so great about it is that we had a, a plot line what like episode three that Nina's the mole like and yeah. basically I mean in all fairness it's kind of like the double bluff like you should have seen it coming right but like it's it's so fascinating they kind of pull it over your eyes. So like they basically within two episodes go, she's a mole. No, she's not. Okay, well clearly we know Nina. We don't have to think about Nina at all. It's Tony, you know. It's Jamie. It's 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 um I was gonna say Xander Berkeley Mason. It's it's uh the Susan whatever the secretary's name is. Um so yeah, like you have no clue and it's so good. And like what's so fascinating is that I was reading in the official guide. Uh, they actually put this in last week's, which I feel is weird. They put it on last week's episode when the reel isn't to this week's episode. But um, Sarah Clark wasn't told, or no one was told, until uh, four episodes before. And I think I mentioned that a few weeks ago, mm. that I said, like... That we could I see. Think, yeah, so you can kind of see the way she's acting it and differently. Um, and there was, there was something we brought up where I was kind of like about how did they get away with that or whatever, and it's kind of... It makes sense with Nina. Was that a couple of weeks ago we brought up something and I'm like, oh, how does that happen? But then it makes sense. The cops, when Kim mm-hmm. gets uh, blindsided. Again, we could do a whole episode. Like, you, I don't, I, I don't know if you had a Canadian version of the mole. Uh, I know there was a US version no. of the mole. Uh, the, the, the Australian version of the mole is what got me into reality TV because I watched it. It was filmed in Tasmania. Grant Bowler was a host of it. And then, like, two months after that aired, Survivor started. And I was like, oh, this is similar to the mole, so I'm going to watch it. And what they used to do on the mole is they would have a recap episode after the finale. So they were like, did you catch the clues? And they would go over every episode and go, well, this is what the mole Colin did in this challenge and this challenge. Like, it was mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, so, I mean, we could do a whole episode on that. But, like, obviously they didn't plan this from the beginning. But, yeah, it's just, I mean, God, like, you're right. Like, just there are big moments in this show. Uh, uh, arguably the biggest moment is still to come in a, in a week's time. But, like... This is up there. This is a top five moment, hands down. Lock it in, Eddie. Um, you know, possibly a top ten moment. I think in that stupid, I don't even know, they probably put it like 57th based on their knowledge of the show 24 in that magazine. I can't remember, but it, I think it did make the top ten in all seriousness. Um, but, yeah, God, like, 
this is just, yeah. And, like, this is why I remember it not being on the same night as the finale because I was like, fuck. Like, and just, it just makes you just, like, you know, hard as a rock in the pants. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You're moist in the nether regions. If you're a man or woman, like, you're like, fuck, I need to watch <laughs> this show right now. Like, holy crap, I'm Jerry Seinfeld again. <laughs> what is the deal with Yelena? Who is she? Is she really a mole? Um, but, yeah, fucking hell. And, like, what I love, I want to say this now. What I love about season one is that I know that Nina's the mole. I know it. But I, I like, I weirdly like Nina as good, better than bad. Like, she's a great villain. She's, you know, one of 24's best yeah. villains. But, like, we don't, like, we kind of mentioned it. Like, season three, you kind of get waned of it. Season two, yeah, okay, she's back. But, like, there's only so much you can do with her, I feel. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's kind of just, it's great. If anyone's watching this for the first time with us, rewatch it knowing she's the mole. Mm-hmm. And, like, even though they haven't planned it from the beginning, there are still things that I like to believe that she knows and that makes sense as a mole. Like, there's, there's never, I don't think, a massive plot hole. We're like, well, there's no way she could be the mole because she did this. Like, I don't think there's any of that. I could be wrong. But, yeah, it's just so good. And Sarah Clark, just this scene, just like, oh, I would have loved to have been on set for this. Like, this would have been amazing. I, 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 I kind of like what you said because I, I've mentioned a couple times that even before the revelation... I, I feel like Nina was one of the best characters on this show. Uh, and even the points where we said, you know, she's kind of got nothing to do. She's kind of bored. I'm like, she still just has this, this natural charisma kind of like Kiefer where you see her like a female Jack Bauer who just doesn't yell as much, you know, and I've always been more for subtle performances. Like I, I don't mind big over the top performances, but even, at, at, even as a teenager, you know, even before watching a show like this, I was way more drawn to much more subtle performances, whether it was a villain, a hero or whatever. And she just has a subtlety where, you know, jumping ahead to next week, she doesn't change her performance very much Mm. when you know she's the villain. She's still just the same Nina, which is the right way to do it. If she suddenly came in and she's got a mustache next week that she's twirling (laughs) and (laughs) I would have gotten away with it. It would have been, it would have been really bad, but she, she almost has no difference in her performance at all, which is just fantastic. Uh, yeah, so, no, but I do agree great. as a hero, she works great as a hero. Even when, you know, you know, going into the season, she's the mole. She still works great as a hero. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And it's, it, it, it is a, it is a weird experience rewatching this when you know, she's bad, um, mm-hmm. you know, planned or not. Uh, you just, it's one of these things you just can't, you know, it's like, I'm sure And spoiler alert, just spoiler alert right now. When you find out that Darth Vader is Luke's father, a spoiler. Yeah, alert. What? I'm sorry. Shit. Sorry. Um, in all seriousness, this is a bit of a spoiler. If you haven't seen the sixth sense, fast forward like 30 seconds when you know, Bruce Willis is really dead. Uh, it does make it different. I don't like that movie, but I'm sure if I ever rewatched it again, I would watch it differently, but I knew he was dead the first time and only time I've seen it. Cause I mean, that was spoiled years ago. <laughs> oh, well now I got no point in watching the sixth sense either. Thanks. You're ruining star Wars for me. The sixth sense. <laughs> oh, uh, hang on. Danny wins survivor. <laughs> Throwback joke in our 10th anniversary of Survivor (laughs) slash the Oz Network. What's your favourite throwback joke? Join us on Patreon. (laughs) Um, Anyways, uh, I guess just wrapping this up, I mean, I feel like this is going to be a no-brainer for both of us, but I'll just, I'll I'll do my spoiler here. I'm buying this episode and it's my number one. There's no question about it. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, Yeah, easily one buy it, lock it in, you know, put it in there. As I said at the beginning, this is potentially a top 10 episode of all time. And, yeah, we've got like 190 more of these to go or something. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, this, like, as I said at the beginning, I always forget how good this episode is compared, like, I mean, it's not next week. Like, if I hear anyone bash next week's episode, I'll, I'll bash them. Um, depends who you are. If you're a woman or a kid, I wouldn't, but, um, you know, but <laughs> it depends on who you are, really. But anyway, but the point is, like, don't bag out next week. It's a good episode. This episode is great as well. And uh, it gets lost in the greatness of next week. But isn't it a Game of Thrones thing where, like, the penultimate episode is bigger than the finale or something like that? I don't know. I've never watched it. Yeah. But, no, that's, yeah, that's so. totally Game of Thrones. Really, uh, what what Game of Thrones does, though, is where the the finale episode is essentially just the premiere of season two. <laughs> so mm. uh, you, I would almost consider the penultimate episodes to be the big finales. But, well, I mean, I, this, I, it's, sorry, Colin. It does stand on its own. So yeah. when I keep saying this, this is almost like a two-part finale. I mean, this stands on its own as its own episode, but it is the only point in the season where, no, you have to watch these two back-to-back. Like, there, there is no way around it. I think I said on, I think, both Nip Tuck and Third Watch, and I think it might have just been more of the series finale than a season finale, but I said how, yeah, like, particularly with Third Watch, it was like, to me, the penultimate episode of the entire series is almost one of the most important episodes because, yeah, it's all about the finale. You want it to end in a certain way, but you've got to get there somehow. So yeah. it's kind of, um, you know, that in, in that aspect. And obviously we're a long way away from having the series finale, but um, I still think a season finale, a, a penultimate episode is always important as well because you've got to you've got to want to come back to see what happens. And this is the thing with 24, like it's event television you know and kind of we're gonna have this for pretty much the majority of all these seasons where you're gonna have this lead into okay fuck i want to come back next week and like going back to my point about how you aired the the two-part finale on one night i i like as much as it's great nowadays that you sort of you get a whole season in one day on netflix or something yeah. like okay you know it's a page but like there was something about this back then when you're watching mm-hmm. this on network television you gotta wait a week it's water cooler you're going to school you're going to work like you're talking about like holy fuck you didn't really have the internet to have all these fanboys flaming out like there was just something about it that made it unique mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah i do kind it, of miss that yeah me too stupid I mean- streaming crap any uh, extra trivia bits you want to give this week? The only one I was going to say, uh, with a total of 16 credited series regulars and guest stars, this episode featured the second smallest cast of any episode of 24. Mm. It doesn't tell me what the smallest is. Um, but, yeah, um, there's one that I could give, but it's a bit of a spoiler for next week, so maybe I won't. Um, oh, 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 yes. Oh, Sorry. Oh. I mentioned last week there's one bit in this episode that pisses me off for continuity because everybody always says, like, oh, I'll be there in 10 minutes and then maybe 12 minutes, you know, a couple minutes late. Andre Drazen at the beginning of this episode is like, Jack, I will call you at 10.45 precisely. You must answer the phone. He calls him at, like, 10.30. Like, what if Jack got stuck in traffic? Like, you know? Like, if I was Jack, I wouldn't have answered. Like, like, (laughs) you're early. I'm just getting, I'm having a chat with a friend here. You know the effort I got through fucking Secret Service? So, you know those, yeah, like, it, when you can decline a call with a text message? I just want yeah. one of those, busy, call you back in a few. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, yeah, that actually says here on the errors and inconsistencies. Despite Andre Drazen telling Jackie he would call it 10.45 precisely, he actually calls it 10.34. Like, I'm all for being early, but, like, not when you're going to assassinate a presidential, like, you're on time wow. for that shit. It, it, yeah, but he was calling, talking about on Serbian time, not Los Angeles time. So that's, that's very different. <laughs> exactly 15 minutes ahead in the time zone. <laughs> True. Yeah, we saw how quick it took him to get from Serbia to the, the US earlier in the day with Alexis. So, oh, yeah, Alexis exactly. died this episode. We didn't oh, yeah, sorry. That. Alexis died. <laughs> <laughs> that, I do actually like be... that scene when uh, when Andre grabs a gun and wants to kill Kim. No, Andre, we need him. Like, rest <laughs> in peace, sexy Drazen man. 
sexy Drazen Man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss that theme. All right. So next week is the finale. We won't spoil oh. anything. It's, oh. it's the big one. There's just a, all I'll say is there is another big twist to come. Another huge twist no. at the end of uh, the final episode and the alternate ending. I actually rewatched the alternate ending last night. <laughs> Uh, that we mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, we- I will say, I've teased it so many times that there are three mo. Well, okay, there are two moments next week that I will say are locks. I don't think you will one. One hundred percent, you will agree with me. Second one, I think you'll one hundred percent agree with me. Um, I forgot there was one in this one that should be in there too. And there's one scene which I really hope you're on board with. It is one of my favorite scenes in all of 24. It actually did make this stupid 24 moments of 24, which I was happy about. So I'm I'm saying now that we have a potential for four of our top five moments to be in next week and the fifth being what we just witnessed at the end of this episode. So, uh, I mean, 100% we know what our number one will be. But, um, yeah, God, there's there's just one moment. I really hope you're on board as much as I am, Colin, because I, I love it, to, love it to bits. Stay tuned for next week. This is our cliffhanger. We're, we're not lo- allowing you to binge this in one day like Netflix. We're doing it old school style. You got to wait for yeah, next week. Exactly. Um, so come back next week please and remember our <laughs> patreon uh fan fiction ja- mecca janet fiction uh, mecca coming janet soon. fiction yes <laughs> uh I- we're actually gonna have to start well i guess i have a couple months to start working on that uh we don't know when we're going yeah. to be this, <laughs> this is gonna be one of those things <laughs> where fucking lad undercover signs up and messages and we're like what mecca janet what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like we just always get these messages we have no idea what anyone's talking about because we forget about these as soon as yeah. we end it's like what <laughs> Uh, you'll have to tell us which episode it's in in order for us to remember. Uh, Thank you, everybody. My name is Colin, and coffee in the face. (laughs) My name is Ben. (laughs) Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.